The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey everyone, thank you for being with us one more time here on Afternoons with Mike. On the line right now with Brendan Steinhauser. He is with the Young Americans for Liberty. They will be coming into the Orlando area this coming weekend for a big conference And Brendan, it is great to have you on the line with us. Well, thank you for having me. Now, I know that you're a political strategist. You have been involved in the political realm for a while. In fact, I'm reading that you were named by Time Magazine as one of the top 40 under 40 back in 2010. Uh, I'm wondering if Time Magazine would, uh, would do the same favors for you in this day and age today. I'm thinking probably not, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know if they would. Um, I was I was a pretty radical, you know, uh, pro liberty guy back then. I haven't changed too much, although I'm I'm still forty, so I guess I'm still uh, <laughs> under their their uh, their their limitations there. But, but yeah, that was a, a great honor. Um, and based on the work that I did organizing grassroots citizens across the country to fight for uh, to fight for liberty, to fight for freedom, I was actually an early Tea Party movement organizer, and we helped. Um, back in those days, elect, I think, more than 60 House members to the U.S. Congress and six senators in 2010. And so kind of based on those efforts, uh, time bestowed that honor upon me, although I have to say it was very much a team effort with my colleagues and certainly with the grassroots activists that I work with all over the country. It would appear that a need for some sort of grassroots movement is necessary today because things have changed a lot again under this current administration. And we're seeing what seems to be a radical departure from some of the liberties that we have held dear in America. Do you think that what's happening right now with the Young Americans for Liberty, are you seeing such a movement begin? Well, I absolutely see a movement away from socialism, big government, kind of this enforced, you know, culture of political correctness where they want to control what you say, uh, not only that, what you do. If you look at the COVID-19 pandemic, all of the the tyranny that was pushed at the local, state, and federal level um, was just really, you know, anti-American in my view and anti-liberty. But the good news is that a lot of young people led the fight to overturn a lot of those mandates. So we had college students on campuses across the country who were pushing back against mask mandates and vaccine mandates. They often went toe-to-toe with the president of their university. They would push back against the Board of Regents, and they said, we're not going to allow you guys to continue to force us um, to do things that we don't want to do, that we have an objection to, whether it's a religious objection, whether it's just a, a political objection. They want to protect their freedom. But students actually led a lot of those fights across the country, and that's something we're very proud of at Young Americans for Liberty. Now, this organization is holding its event, and it's going to be in Orlando on the 4th through the 6th. And like I said, that's this coming weekend. This program, tell us a little bit about some of the speakers that you've got coming in. Yeah, thank you for that. We have a, a great event in Orlando at the Gaylord, August 4th through 6th. Um, we're going to have nearly 1,000 students across the country coming to Orlando to to rally, to hear from some great speakers. Uh, we're going to have 
Senator Rand Paul, his dad, Ron Paul, the former congressman and who kind of inspired young Americans for liberty in the first place through his campaigns. We have Kennedy, who, of course, is known with her uh, host on Fox Business. Uh, Zuby, we've got Larry Reed. We've got Corey DeAngelis, who's one of the leading school choice advocates in the country, who's fighting for parental choice and control in education. Um, and a lot of our staff are going to take the stage as well and teach these students how to get involved as activists, how to get involved in campaigns so that they can continue to push back against big government, socialism, and the far left in this country. Because as you cited earlier, the culture has really shifted and really changed. And we understand that college campuses are a bastion of that change. And we, ha we have to fight back. We have no choice but to do it. Uh, but we're excited about it. We're excited to get everybody together next week in Orlando. You know, Florida has been a buzz as well as uh, the national news about what happened last week with uh, Charlie Kirk's organization meeting in Tampa. So there's a lot of people out there in the mainstream media that will be looking, I'm sure, at your organization comes in. Are, are you getting pushback? That's a good question. We're actually getting some interest from the media in attending the event. One does have to wonder what is the purpose of that potential interest in media coverage. Um, every organization you know, has to do its best to make sure that the people that attend are, are there in good faith, um, that they're good people, that they're people that will treat everyone with respect, and that they're not you know, from some extreme ideology or some hateful ideology. And if that's the case, and if someone does enter, I think it's incumbent upon us to do our best to identify those folks and, you know, and, and escort them out if, if that's who they are. But I will say this. I remember coming to some uh, events in Washington, D.C., years ago, being at events where the left was having their rallies. And there were an assorted group of communists who supported Mao Zedong, who supported Joseph Stalin, Che Guevara, Fidel Castro. They were all over the place. They were promoting communist ideas openly. And the media completely ignored it, never reported on it, wouldn't touch it, because they didn't want to make the left look bad. They didn't want to tie them to their uh, radical fringe groups that they allowed in their events. So I think it's pretty ironic that the media will try and do everything it can to find, you know, the one person there that might have some pretty, you know, pretty terrible views at a conservative organization's event, but they completely ignore what the left does out in the open. What is your first directive toward a young person who might be a conservative, who is one that would believe in God, who would believe in liberty? What would be the very first bit of advice that you would give them? That's a really good question. Uh, I think the first bit of advice would be to stay uh, true to your principles, to stand your ground. Don't let people come in and try and brainwash you or tell you that you're evil or bigoted or racist. Don't, don't buy into the propaganda of the left. And if you can be secure in who you are, and if you can then take the next step to speak up and speak out, you might be surprised how many other students feel the same way you do but maybe didn't quite have the, the encouragement or the courage to really speak out. So once you speak out and say, I'm not going to accept this, I'm not going to be brainwashed, I'm not going to buy into the left-wing propaganda here that attacks me for who I am, for my beliefs, then you'll notice more people will band together with you. They'll fight alongside you, and all of a sudden you have an organization that you can use to recruit more students, to do activism, to push back. You know, the left talks about creating safe spaces. Well, maybe there needs to be kind of a safe space for people to have dissenting views on college campuses, right? Maybe there needs to be a place where 
pro-liberty uh, students, where, where students who believe in God have a place to get together and not feel like they're under attack from the administration or from left-wing students. Um, you know, I'm not seriously calling for that. I'm just saying it is pretty ironic that the left operates that way, and they don't want anybody to, to be offended or have their feelings hurt. Right. Except for conservatives. <laughs> Except for conservatives. That's right. And especially if they're Christian conservatives, uh, that is almost uh, a passe to them. And we're kind of regarded in this little bucket that uh, they would, uh, well, uh, the word deplorable seems familiar for that. But uh, at any rate, it is something amazing how that we have not received those little gestures of kindness back from the left that you were mentioning earlier that a lot of people who were conservatives uh, gave to the liberals back in that day. So it, it's a tough fight right now. You have something called uh, Operation at the Door. So tell us about that. Sure. So Operation Win at the Door is basically our, um, our program to funnel students into the electoral campaign process. So they are Yale-recruited students who come out of this training and their time on college campuses, and then they go and find a place on campaigns so that they can make a big impact by knocking on doors for candidates across the country. And so we're actually in the process right now of you know, hiring or, or working with outside groups to hire these folks so they can get plugged into campaigns and they can start knocking on doors. You know, in, in cycles past, We've knocked on millions of doors throughout the country, and we expect to do the same again this year. And we know that by knocking on doors and talking to voters directly, talking about values and ideas, we're going to have a huge impact on the election from the bottom up, mm. from the ground up in communities across the country. And that's going to help whether, you know, whether you're talking about local races or state races or federal races, it's going to make a big impact. So we're really excited about the work that we do with Operation Win at the Door because it's really where the rubber meets the road uh, for these students who've now learned these tactics. They, they are you know sound in terms of their ideas and their principles, and now they can make a direct impact. Wow, that sounds exciting. And there's nothing like a face-to-face -face meet with people who maybe aren't really, let's say, familiar with some of these principles. It really is sad, isn't it, that we have to kind of go almost door-to-door and talk about principles that really were the formation of this country. But that seems to have long been passed a long time ago. And so many kids have not been taught American history. They've not been taught the truth in schools for a long time. So this kind of face-to-face -face really makes a difference, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. And I think you'll find that when you talk to people on issues they care about, if you talk about the economy, gas prices, inflation, things that are hitting people every day, and you talk about it from a you know, pro-liberty perspective, and you talk about it from how, how big government has caused a lot of these problems, and big government certainly doesn't have the solution, you can win a lot of these folks over. And they may not vote with us every time, but if they do so in a critical election year like this, it can make a profound impact. Mm -hmm. But I, I will say, going back to your point about civics not being taught in America in K through 12, but also in higher education, I think that's why you're seeing two really important trends right now. You're seeing the booming of school choice across the country, parents opting out of the traditional government-run schools, mm -hmm. booming in terms of homeschooling, especially folks who are looking for a classical education, a classical Christian education in many cases. You're also seeing that, that growth happen at the higher ed level. So 
the rise of, of classical education and, again, the, the rise of Christian education in higher ed is taking off. It's booming. And it's not just the brands that everybody knows, like Hillsdale College or Grove City, which are, by all accounts, growing and doing well. But it's other places. It's Wyoming Catholic College, Colorado Christian University, the University of Dallas. I mean, these places are growing in terms of applications, uh, in terms of you know parents who are saying, you know, I don't want to send my kids to that you know public university that I went to because I know how left it's gone. And as soon as they get there as a college freshman, they're going to be challenged. They're going to be um, made to feel like they are guilty. And I don't want that for my children. I want their values to be upheld. Mm-hmm. Now, the indoctrination that's happening right now in public schools, especially for the real young children that are in even middle school and elementary school, uh, the, the indoctrination is its uh, just shocking what they're being exposed to, what they're being taught. And that is a great reason, I'm sure, that you've chosen in your own situation to be a homeschooler, right? Absolutely. I, my wife and I both went to public schools um, from K through 12 and then also in our undergraduate work. And, you know, I didn't really know anything else. But when we had our first child and we started to really think about education, you know, we really had had a, a moment where we said, what is most important? Well, their soul is what is most important. There are our religious views and values, you know, their moral compass. If mm-hmm. you don't have that, and nothing else matters. So you can be, you know, the best chemist in the world or the best doctor or teacher in the world, the best mechanic in the world. If you don't have your soul, uh, you know, and, and your relationship with God first and foremost, then nothing else matters. And so we started there and said, okay, well, what does that, you know, lead us to? Well, it led to an exploration of our options. And we were seeing kind of where the public schools in our community were going. And certainly during covid you know, especially where they um, were going in terms of the values and in terms of the policies. And we said, you know, we're going to homeschool our kids and we're going to teach them uh, at their own pace. We're going to teach them for us. It's a Christ-centered education. It's a classical education. And we're really enjoying it. We're excited to do it. And we just see the love of learning that our children have. And and we know that as parents, it's our, our right and our responsibility to to be at the center of our children's education. Now, for other people, that might mean something different. You know, it might, they may choose to do the public school. They may choose to do a private school if they can afford it. But for us, we chose to homeschool our children, and we haven't looked back. Now, you mentioned classic education, which I am very familiar with. Uh, some of our listeners may not understand the distinction between just homeschooling and then homeschooling with a classical uh, a bit. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So, Classical education kind of refers to the way things used to be and always were be, it's, or always were. It's the great books. It's the classic texts and authors. It's primary sources. Um, it goes back to, you know, the the model in Europe, um, you know, going back to the medieval era. It, mm-hmm. It's that long tradition of reading the great books, the great works. It's, it's not a postmodern approach to education. It's not the Dewey uh, modernist approach. It's very much, you know, Latin and Greek and the hard sciences and liberal arts and tying everything together in a way that, you know, makes sense in the real world. And so the students that kind of have a more classical education, uh, again, whether it's a homeschool or whether it's 
a private school or even a, a charter school, because there are charter schools that have classical education, they tend to do really well. Um, you'll have, for example, you know, students that go to medical school and do really, really well because of the Latin that they're taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look into the university level. Again, a, a school like the University of Dallas or, or Hillsdale or these other places, those students that come out of there are just fantastically well-prepared for graduate school or for going into the workforce, but they have a, an education that is substantive. It is, you know, their civics knowledge is higher than the kids that go to Harvard or Brown or Yale or these schools that are supposedly the best in the country. Well, they've replaced that education up there with indoctrination, with propaganda. Right. And they're, and they're tearing apart our, our, our values as a country. So really, I think you're seeing this huge shift over to the classical model. And I want to give you know, a shout-out to the Classical Learning Test, CLT, because one of the things that they're trying to do is give parents who teach their kids a classical education um, the opportunity to take a test that matches them up with these schools in higher education. So instead of taking the ACT or the SAT, which, by the way, are going woke, mm-hmm. parents should know that, the, the classical learning test teaches their knowledge of classical learning, and then it prepares them you know, and sees if they could be a good fit for some of these schools that I mentioned. Well, there's great hope when we've got people like you that are pushing and really working hard against these forces that are evil, and there's plenty of them to go around. Brendan Steinhauser, Young Americans for Liberty, and that uh, is give us the website how people can get in touch with you. Sure, thank you. It's, it's yaliberty.org yaliberty.org. People can sign up to try and uh, get on their email list. They can attend Revolution happening in Orlando. They can find out the other initiatives we're working on to promote freedom around the country. Thank you so much for being with us today, Brendan. Brendan Steinhauser, and we'll be back in just a moment. If you are nearing 65 years of age and need to compare Medicare supplement plans, here is great news. You can speak to a licensed professional independent insurance agent at Affordable One Insurance in Orlando. You'll find them to be so trustworthy and helpful. And at Affordable One, there is no cost or obligation for your call. Comparing plans can be confusing. Get the help you need at Affordable One. Call 407-965-4166. That's 407-965-4166. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. And here we are back on Afternoons with Mike. I've got somebody now that's sitting in the studio with me, 
And I'm really excited about this conversation, not only with Kyle Heck, who has been up here a number of times. Welcome back, Kyle. Mike, it's great to be back. Good afternoon. And and one of your associates is actually on the line across the country. Don't you love technology where we can do this? Absolutely. So we got uh, morning with Mike on the other coast. (laughs) That's right. I had not thought about that. But we have on the line Marlene Dandler. Marlene is the CEO and also the founder of Seashore Academy. And this is a growing thing. Marlene, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to talk in these next couple of segments about a lot of things, but let's first key in on you as an educator. Tell us about that. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I I will just open up by saying, you know, I I founded uh, Seashore Academy in my house 11 years ago as, as a mom, as a parent. I'm not a traditional educator, so I've really approached this from um, what I wanted to see as a, as a mom. Um, so philosophically, just offering a smorgasbord of options for, for kids and, and families, and they get to customize their kids' education. Um, started with, um, you know, just a roundtable in my house, moved to a boys and girls club storage room, um, now have multiple campuses um, it was a few hundred uh, children. Philosophically, a parent can choose to come, choose to enroll their child three days a week, four days a week, two days a week, one day a week. Um, we provide all the curriculum, lesson plans. They can come five days a week. Many of our families do that. Um, but we're a traditional values-based um, place. So, uh, you know, very patriotic, uniform, <laughs> and respect. And parents are in control of, of what of what their child is is learning. Now, when I hear about Seashore, the way that you're describing this, and I I understand that uh, there are a lot of schools that were formed out of this desire, but what makes you so different in my mind is that you're in California. And we all know, I mean, it's it's, uh, not a hidden fact that of all of the states in the United States right now that have really been restrictive, that have clamped down on just about just anything having to do with church or even shutting the doors and arresting pastors. It's happened in California. What kind of pushback have you received out there? All sorts of pushback, but I do feel like we are a safe haven for like-minded people. Um, One of my uh, favorite pastors is Sean Foyt, and he actually started in California because the lockdowns were so severe here. He went out to the beaches and just started singing worship praise music on the beaches, (laughs) and he got all sorts of pushback as well. And um, we opened our doors um, without masks um, and got all sorts of of pushback. But, you know, we um, have a very loyal community. I I always say our biggest competition is people fleeing our state. Um, because so many people have been moving to places like Florida and, and mm-hmm. Tennessee and, and Idaho um, for because of the values. Um, but there are those who have family here and their businesses are here. And so, you know, we're here so that we can, you know, we can we can save this. You know, we've got we want to fight back um, and we want to create solutions um, so that, you know, our families feel empowered. You know, Kyle, I think about the. Um the whole word of uh, the, that we read about in the Bible, uh, it's called the remnant. And, and there's always some, I've just got through reading again, the book of Nehemiah and mm. how that there were remnants left behind a lot of burnt people, a lot of uh, really messed up things that Nehemiah found when he went back. 
But there, it is important that we not give up on all of these people. And th- this idea of a school, Seashore Academy, is a great idea, isn't it, for oh, these people? Absolutely. And I, I think even here in Central Florida, we had to fight quite a lot for um, our medical freedom, which is a term that I first heard uh, from Seashore, and that connects with people instantly. Um, and what we've seen is the, especially in the public education system, is that it's not the system that we grew up with, where it's made of people from our community. It's really been, um, I think, targeted probably for decades by people that have had their own agendas and they saw that as uh, their opportunity. So what uh, a lot of these education-focused uh, franchises, like uh, Seashore in particular, give us the opportunity to do is take back that control and make sure that our children are being educated in the way that we would want and Mm -hmm. not because someone else is trying to um, turn them into someone that uh, would would look down on us or turn against us as they grow up. You know, you mentioned the word indoctrination before we began talking uh, or taping this particular segment, Marlene. Indoctrination is something that is really a strong and, and some would even say a harsh word when they think about it, because we know people, good people that are teachers in public schools, and uh, there is so much confusion out there, but everything that I'm hearing, uh, th- that is a fair word to use. Would you agree? I do. I, I do think so. You know, when um, national accrediting agencies are, um, you know, demanding that certain books get read to children, uh, you know, questioning, asking them to question their gender when they're in kindergarten um, and teachers are, are being forced to do um, to follow this curriculum and administrators are being forced to follow this uh, curriculum. This is an, a level of indoctrination. And so, you know, we really want to be part of the solution. Um, you know, as upsetting as sort of the masking was and the medical, you know, lack of medical freedom in California and, and some of this indoctrination still is so upsetting. Um, it just feels wonderful to be part of a like-minded community where parents are coming to us because they are great, great values and they want their children to be in a great academic environment, but more importantly, in a, in a great values uh, environment. And, you know, I started this as, as a mom, um, not as a, not as a business owner. I had a lot of I learned a lot through the school of hard knocks. I didn't <laughs> I know bet. how to do payroll. I didn't know how to do, you know, employee contracts. I didn't know the difference between a contractor and an employee. So I had to learn along the way. So part of the reason I'm franchising is just if I can give any mom, any dad a, a book, like here's here's how, here's our curriculum, here's our know-how, here's like, we could, you know, here we can do your payroll for you. You don't have to be an educator to to do this. Um, I just wanted to make it easy for people to to jump on board because, um, you know, this is happening across the country. I mean, Moms for Liberty uh, started in Florida. I was really surprised. It's a, a you know, patriotic values. All these all these moms and dads who support them are, um, you know, petitioning school boards and making real change. Um, and it's amazing. But I I was surprised it was in Florida. I'd have thought Florida didn't have the problems we were dealing with in California. But this is a nationwide thing. It is a nationwide thing. And, you know, Moms for Liberty, there's a, uh, I have had uh, a, a lady professor at Palm Beach University down in Palm Beach on my program a couple of times, and she's talking about this very thing. So we're talking, we're talking issues that are affecting not just elementary and high school age, but colleges as well. And everyone seems to be waking up 
to this fact that there is an out-and-out indoctrination going on. One question I would have for either of the two of you, uh, was this the thought of a franchising or or making what happened at Seashore in, in your school, was that always an idea to make that a template for the future? You know, it really wasn't. I just got so many. I was really just focusing on Orange County, California. Um, where my campuses are right now. And I got so many random requests, like from from Florida, from Texas, from New York, from Chicago. Hey, we want a Seashore Academy. When are you opening up? From You know, I even had one in, in Philadelphia a request. And I was like, I don't know where these people are hearing about us. Sometimes it was a friend who had told a friend. Sometimes they found us on social media. Um, they were like, you know, they were saying, and this is pre-COVID even, just saying, hey, you know, you guys offer entrepreneurship classes, financial management classes, public speaking. I want that for my kids. I want the ability to go four days a week and have long weekends every weekend or, and pay, you know, so that, and I just, I, you know, went with, I went for a run with a, a friend of mine who's, she's a smart businesswoman. And I, I said, how do I, how do I do this? She said, you could either raise money or you could franchise. I read a bunch of different books and I philosophically, you know, I, I bootstrapped this thing, you know, from my house to the Boys and Girls Club and, and up. Uh, and again, I, I learned, I made a lot of mistakes along the way and got burned a lot of times. And I thought, gosh, this, this franchising thing, if, if I had had that when I started, I wouldn't have had to go through all that pain. Oh, my um, goodness. I could have learned how to get a business license and how to get insurance and how to get my website set up and how to do tuition billing. It, it could have been all done for me. Maybe I could just do that and empower other moms and dads everywhere. No, and absolutely. You know, we see that every every successful franchise started as someone's small business, someone who had to, as you said, go through the school of hard knocks and figure it out and get blindsided by a lot of the unknowns that come along the way that someone else that's starting a business isn't going to be aware of. Um, and the great majority of new businesses don't see their fifth year, but for the ones that have uh, plowed through and really um, endured, you've built a system that is something that you can teach other people how to apply in a new market. Um, and this is an ideal kind of uh, company to, to bring to Florida and really every state in the country. Um, I think it's just amazing how, and you also said that it, it's, uh, um, it's for someone that's not an educator, you know, by uh, profession, um, it's not necessary. And I think, you know, in one way we see what's happened with the people that are professional educators and what they've, uh, what they've turned our systems into. Yeah. Um, I think that, our, that whole thing about experts, yeah. uh, people are waking up to the fact that uh, the people that uh, you, I go all the way to the uh, the pandemic and th- listening mm-hmm. to the experts as we did every night during the beginning of the pandemic, and we're we're introduced now to a couple of people that have become household names. Fauci being one of them, mm-hmm. Doctor Fauci, and mm-hmm. then the other doctor, I think her name was Dix, I believe, or something like that. Or I remember who. You, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and now you find out that a lot of the words that we're getting from these so-called experts. They they are or not necessarily the same word we're getting today. So that is so true in our education system. Mm-hmm. So if we need to have it value based, and what you've done is it's being uh, replicated in these other areas. And Marlene, I know you got to be excited to see Seashore grow the way it's growing. You know, 
the, honestly, this is all by the grace of God. Uh, I mean, I, this particular uh, custom schooling program, um, you know, started with a prayer. Um, we were looking at maybe moving out of state, um, it just you know, my husband and I and, and our kids, and we were trying to figure out what our next steps were. And um, it was definitely middle of the night and first thing in the morning every day, like, okay, Lord, I'm going to open up this new custom schooling program. If it's meant to be, uh, bless Seashore. If I'm supposed to shut it down, send me a sign. I'll shut it down. We'll move. Um, and children have been coming ever since. So it's, it's absolutely by the grace of God. Um, I am I'm not a professional educator. I don't have a background in business. Um, I really am just coming at this as a mom, what, what I want for my kids. My youngest is still at Seashore. Um, and so, you know, and I think a lot of parents who are coming appreciate that because um, we're, we're have to be results. You know, they're like, oh, I want my kids to know how to manage their finances. You know, I want them learning about entrepreneurship. Um, I want them learn. If anything, it's hard to teach our teachers how to think that way because the teachers are credentialed, but they're not used to thinking like entrepreneurs. So we have to do a lot of teacher training. And those are um, interests, I would say, uh, primarily of parents. And there's no professional mm-hmm. parent certification that they make us go through. You know, they <laughs> like true. you know, with your new grandson, they they yeah. just give you the baby and they make sure that you know how to buckle them in right. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that really the you know, as people are waking up and they they see uh, that the education that's provided by any school, really, it's that the, the customer in that industry is the parents. And so the parents should be the ones in charge. What What is the curriculum going to be shaped like? And if I don't like the way that, say, you know, other parents have decided they want the curriculum at our school to be, why shouldn't I have the freedom to take my child to another school that's going to teach them in the way that I believe that mm-hmm. is in uh, sync with my values and the way that they should go? Um, so we, we see a, a lot of states and you know, a lot of good news that's, uh, I think, being uh, brought up on the uh, like the voucher front. Uh, the Supreme Court case said in, in Maine, you can't apply you know, religious restrictions on where the children can use those vouchers to go to school. And I think... Uh, um, is it Arizona that's uh, that's just passed that they can apply uh, education vouchers across the state? Yeah. May, maybe I yeah. th- if that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, and I, I hope that that sweeps the country. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. And um, I do think philosophically parents need to be in control. Um, so let's just give the power back to the parents. You know, let's just teach you know, offering a smorgasbord of options, but ultimately it's up to the parents to decide um, where, where their, how their child gets educated. It's really um, hard to, isn't it hard to get our brain around the fact that we even have to say that, that parents need to have control of their own children? I mean, mm-hmm. that we should wrestle the authority for our, our own kids. I mean, what has happened? But it, this has happened. And we have school districts, we've been told for years now, 20 plus, that it takes a village, and they meant it. When they said that, they really meant it, didn't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're, you're right on that. And I think, you know, the sort of the hidden blessing of the pandemic is that, you know, sort of, I think, you know, auto, sort of automatic was just to send their kid to the school down the street, right? Um, and now with, with public schools being exposed and everybody was on Zoom, people are much more intentional about the choices they're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's actually been uh, everyone's kind of waking up to what's happening behind the the curtain. The Wizard of Oz is just, you know, not it's not really as magical <laughs> as it seemed. 
That's so true. I'm talking today to both Kyle Heck, who's here in the studio with me from Franchise Consultants, and also Marlene Dandler from Seashore Academy. And that was founded out in California, but my goodness, it's spread. And we're going to be back with uh, both of these fine people in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. If you need help with your bookkeeping but can't afford to hire a full-time employee, The Good Books Company is your answer. The Good Books Company is a total bookkeeping solution, working with most industries and offering a free, no-obligation discovery session. The Good Books Company can help you clean up and catch up on all your bookkeeping needs. Visit them at goodbooks.com. That's goodbooks.com. Or call 321-356-0774. That's 321-356-0774. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study, an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Here we are, segment number three, and with me today, Kyle Heck from Franchise Consultants, who, by the way, are they're one of the sponsors for my program. So appreciate them, and uh, I've enjoyed having Kyle up here. He's been up a number of times, and you're a great co-host, my man. Well, thank you very much, and <laughs> I want to remind people they can go to greenflagfranchise.com and connect with me and explore some other franchise opportunities. That's right, and we're here today talking with with a Marlene Dandler from Seashore Academy out in California, and you mentioned, I have to just insert this, you brought up one of my favorite musicians, Sean Foyt, uh, who, who is just being used by God to bust open doors and to take the gospel not only around our country in a climate that is um, anything but friendly and welcoming to Kyle's me- to uh, I'm sorry to Sean's message, but Kyle, this guy is is going into other countries as well, and and boldly taking the gospel, and it's Fantastic. it's really really wonderful. I'm just wondering if we couldn't franchise Sean Foyt somehow, man. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about it. I mean, anything to do, anything that you would uh, see in the schools, we're we're starting to franchise elements of it. So, you know, music programs, that's that's a critical element of education. We're now franchising art programs and physical education. Um, I've even working with a few up and coming um, education franchises in summer camps um, and in the sports realm. Um, So, so there's really it's it's been a booming industry because they as uh, as Marlene said you know we we saw behind the curtain what the Wizard of Oz looked like and uh, those Zoom calls yeah. really showed us where our education system is gone and where it's lacking and what we can really do better. You know it's kind of ironic, Marlene, that the pandemic brought about uh, a new thing to a lot of people, and that was the forced nature of home education or at least educating from home. 
And we've yeah. also seen the, the whole Zoom platform and technology kind of being brought, in, brought into this uh, need now, which isolation, ironically, brought a lot of kids back with their parents when that wasn't the case before. And so if there's any good thing that's happened, it, it can be that, but it's going to take, uh, and why reinvent the wheel? That's the thing about a, a franchise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That That is, people can can jump in on a model that you've given us with Seashore Academy, and it's not having to go through everything from scratch, from the bottom floor again. And if you can make yep. it in California, you can make it anywhere. I That's well said. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead and jump in there, Marlene. Yeah, I mean, I, I started this, you know, as, as a parent, as a mom wanting this for my kids. But the nice thing is we, and we have actually always been very low tech. Um, you know, you look at all the people in Silicon Valley, they don't put their kids in front of tablets um, because they know how bad it is for them. Um, so and all the research shows that if we're doing hands-on learning and taking paper and pencil notes, then we have far more retention of knowledge. So we have 15, 16 kids per teacher, and every we don't have any Chromebooks, we don't have any tablets, no cell phones are allowed, technology-free. They still have to go home and upload some homework on a Chromebook, so they're not technological dinosaurs. But it's it's a it's a very happy, a very safe haven for kids. And so, as you know, when I was starting, I really just I've just rented church buildings. Um, they're very inexpensive, and then our operating you know startup costs are very low because. We really just had usually the, the tables and chairs that are at the church, um, rolling whiteboards and, you know, paper and pencil and crayons. So, um, again, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're taking time-tested, great curricula and classic novels. Parents have full oversight. They see every single book that we're reading, whether it's Charlotte's Web or Island of the Blue Dolphins. Um, we're taking classic literature, nothing, you know, political. Um, and... Um, and just implementing it in small classes. Um, say the Pledge of Allegiance every day, red, white, and blue uniforms, you know, khakis and polos. Yeah, Pretty and simple. so then how is that uh, curriculum designed? I know that you've had uh, some special people brought in for that. Yeah, it's been, you know, we've, every year we improve it. Um, we've taken, again, we're taking great math textbooks, great English language arts textbooks. I have people on staff who have masters in curriculum design, um, and so they you know, go through all the different lesson plans. Um, so every year it gets improved a little bit further. So it's sort of a dynamic process. Um, but that's all, every single week, every single lesson plan's been done. So you can see fifth grade, week 27, science. You know, what the lab is, what the activity is, um, what the lesson is, uh, what's happening in math. You can see what, and we have it, what's happening, what book they're reading in English, uh, what chapter of the history book they're going to be on, what the activity is. So um, parents have full oversight, but that's all on our website for registered families. Um, but, you know, as a that's something that's taken a lot of years to put together, if you will. Um, so a new business owner can just take that and run with it. Um, and so and, and all the teacher training is done. And so the families that want to do um, it as a as a homeschool hybrid, are they using the same curriculum that you're providing them at school and just uh, teach and they are able to teach that at home? Exactly. So um, we have 
three days a week that are math, English, history, science. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Mondays and Fridays are our um, life skills days. That's when we have our entrepreneurship classes, our financial management classes. If, even if you're just in, we have like eight families in our Newport Beach location who just come on Fridays, for example. The vast majority of families come three or four days a week or five. But we have some homeschooling families who just come, they get full access to our curriculum. Mm. So they can absolutely do follow everything at home if they want to. You know, this really is uh, like the best of both worlds when you think about home education. I know when Cindy and I began that, our own family moved to Florida in 1985, and I had no faith to put my then young uh, daughter and my my second child. We only had two at the time. Now we have four. Uh, we He was only two years old when we moved down here. So we had one child, and we we had no faith at all. Even back then in 85, to, to put our child in the public education system. So we became homeschoolers when it was considered to be illegal in a lot of states back then. Now look at what's happened, home education and the, uh, the, the popularity of classic education using the kind of curricula that you're talking about, the classics, uh, teaching kids to think, uh, to reason that is something that is so far different now and so far much better than what uh, is is the standard fare in education. Yeah, you know, we talk about franchising as being in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Um, Seashore Academy sounds like this is uh, you're able to educate your kids for yourself, but not by yourself. That's as a right. School family. Mm-hmm. And and again, I like that whole thing about not reinventing the wheel. So every person that hears this, and if they're interested, let's say if someone in Central Florida, in one of our communities up around uh, Ocala or whatever, were interested in finding this out, they're not having to go all the way back to the beginning, the rock bottom floor, and find out every new thing by themselves they have your experience, even though you're in California, a lot of this experience is actually going to translate very well. I mean, if I, I wish I had known about franchising early, to be honest with you, uh, just because it's, I went through the school of hard knocks and now we have the curriculum figured out, the tuition billing all figured out, the website figured out. That just took a lot of, you know, a lot of failure on my part to, to get it to where it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so getting getting to this point where we can and again I'm not a I'm not a I don't have an education background so you know business owner doesn't need to have an education background um, just you know it is a great business the numbers speak for themselves and we're really kind of looking for partnerships with like-minded people so that um, again doing you know safe haven for for kids. Um, I'm I'm yeah. betting, Marlene, I'm betting that you're finding a lot of teachers as well who are educated in teaching and who have the, the certificates that they're wanting out of the current system as well and, and really joining hands with you, right? Well, we are so blessed to get top talent. Um, unfortunately, a lot of teachers, um, even from top private schools, are being forced to get medical treatments that they might not choose for themselves. Um, so we're, we're a medical freedom community, you know, it's none of our uh, business, whether somebody, um, you know, what, whatever medical decisions they might make, um, it's really not something that we think is any of our business to ask. Um, so we're getting, um, like-minded teachers who appreciate our values. Um, that's what we want. I mean, when people come to, to, to our campuses in California, I always say, if there's another March 2020 style lockdown, 
we're calling it a protest movement. We're keeping our doors open. And they either love it or hate it. And I'm looking for people who love it. So it sounds like you're a haven for those uh, teachers that wanted to uh, go in the same direction that uh, the parents have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. Are the people that are with you out there in California, uh, would you say that the mood is that they're just over all of this government intrusion? Would that be what uh, they are saying? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're uh, freedom. You know, we're a freedom community, patriotic community. Um, what's really interesting is I had hordes of people coming down from Los Angeles last year. I never thought about opening up in Los Angeles. And so many of the people were, we are opening up now at a 27-acre campus up in Los Angeles in September. Um, but because of these parents, again, the parents are empowered. The parents are, we're really turning the control back to the parents. And so the, they've come down and I said, I don't have a location up there. I don't, and they said, we'll find you a location. We, we need this. And so many of them are immigrants. So many of them are Russians, Eastern Europeans, um, Vietnamese, and they're so upset. You know, they, they, they said, we've seen, we've seen propaganda. We've seen government control. This is why we fled Lebanon or, you know, Eastern Europe. Or, and so they're the ones who are, there are plenty of Americans as well, but I'm really struck by the diversity of, um, especially the Los Angeles parents. Um, and a lot of people are just saying, other, our other option is to leave the state but my parents live here. My business is here. You know, we don't want to leave the state. And it's, so, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's really in the franchising world. It's not a large investment the way that you've set this model up. Is it? No, it's really, um, really low cost to entry. Um, I really just look for um, religious buildings. Um, oftentimes we're a, a blessing to the church to be able to offer them, you know, rent Monday through Friday in their Sunday school classrooms that aren't otherwise being used. Um, and we can just use the tables and chairs that are already there. Um, we start collecting tuition before the school year starts. So, you know, that actually works sort of, it, it cash flows pretty quickly. Um, and it's very low cost to get going. And what makes somebody ideal as an owner for a Seashore Academy? You know, I think somebody who's like-minded um, in terms of just, you know, being a traditional values-minded Um you know, they need to, they can be completely absentee if they want to. We have fractional principals that they can hire. So if they want to send their kids to a seashore and not be the administrator, they can hire that position out. Or if they want to be an administrator, you know, we can train them in how to do that. Um, so I really think, you know, somebody who's who's honest and hardworking um, and that we can communicate with. But really, I, I myself am not uh, I always tell everyone this off the get-go. I'm not a trained educator. I don't think that's uh, that's definitely not necessary. I agree with you, and I'm grateful for you, Marlene. Marlene Dandler from Seashore Academy. Kyle, you got the information. Give us uh, the contact, how people can get all of this going. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, um, if you're interested in information on Seashore Academy or any education uh, franchise or otherwise, you can go to greenflagfranchise.com and connect with me there. If you also have another uh, business that's in education you're interested in creating as a franchise, we can uh, also speak about that. And uh, Marlene, how can they contact you directly? Um, they can go to our website, seashoreacademy.org, and there's a, a link to the franchise opportunities. Um, so thank you so much for, for that. This has been really cool, and I'd love to have both of you back on at some time in the future and talk over this because this is a growing thing, and there's, there are going to be more and more parents who are ready to look for a, an alternative. It's going to happen. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Marlene. Thanks. 
Thank you. It's been such an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much for thank, your time. Thank you. And Kyle, thank you as well, buddy. Oh, thanks very much. It's great to be back. We'll see you next time. Friends, thanks for joining us right here on The Shepherd. <laughs> 